Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Danny Cola. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded with Bellator MMA fighter John the Manimal Beneducci. It's always a trip talking with this guy because we go into so many different tangents and different levels, talking about consciousness and fighting and psychedelics and astral projecting and energy healing and mobility and movement and uh, putting on workshops. It was a fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it because we go on so many different tangents. John the Manimal Beneducci. Make sure to follow his Instagram at John the Manimal Beneducci. And check out his podcast, MMA and Beyond, on all platforms where they have podcasts. Here you go. Enjoy it. It's not a podcast without coffee, although I just finished mine not too long ago. That's right. I got a coffee. I got a little bit of a blunt left. Shit, I got to seal these envelopes. I don't know. You want to go through the Manimal uh, certificate sealing process? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, dude, I'm in sober October right now, so I, uh, I'm, I'm not doing any cannabis right now. What are your thoughts on that? Why? Why? But if okay, listen, if you have to do, you can do whatever you want as long as you have a good why. I don't. I don't have to do. All shit. right, listen, you're doing sober October because maybe you're like, oh, you know what? I think I've been smoking too much weed. I'm blowing shit off. Okay, oh, you know what? That might be good. But if you're like, you know what, man, when I get high, I get really creative and I have really good ideas. I think I'm going to stop doing that and see what happens. And I'd be like, I don't know. It seems like what you're doing is good. Maybe you want to keep doing that. Dude, I am with you. Oh, wait, are what? we recording? Yeah, I, I pushed record. I, I pushed it, yeah. I was like, wait, let nope. me see. I did, of course. And that's a great way to start off the conversation, Manimal, because, listen, it's a conversation that I like to have with my wife every so often because cannabis is something that I use for that creative process. It makes me feel like somebody who's in tune with things you know what i'm saying however there you go spark it up dude spark it up <laughs> um but that gem that glowed like perfect. yeah it looks good i you know blunts are blunts are good i like i like blunts that's the brooklyn way that's the true brooklyn style is a blunt is it that's the true brooklyn way yeah uh so dude, we didn't we, know about joints until we went to uh, outside, like to Manhattan, in Washington Park. You have a kid who rolled a joint. Interesting. Why do you like blunts over joints? You like the tobacco? Slow burning. Ah. Burn slower. So ah. you get more of the weed. Yes. The news less less susceptible to the weather. I like it. No, yeah, it has its benefits. It does. Definitely. I mean, uh, I've been messing around with different styles of paper. King Palm is something that's pretty slow burning. And then there's another uh, paper company that kind of uh, grabbed my attention not too long ago called 24K Wraps. And they're much slower burning paper, which is phenomenal. But yeah, dude, anyway, (laughs) say it again. No, I was going to say the big one over here are those raw wraps. Uh, Yeah, raw, raw. I use those too. But dude, those things go really slow. Those those burn really fast. They do burn fast. Yeah. They burn fast, and like I'm done with the whole joint. You know, I don't know. It takes like what seven to ten minutes, maybe fifteen, and it's just like really quick burning. But anyway, cannabis. I've been this two days. 
Wow, that's nice. You know, because it's slow, a couple hits here and there. If you get good shit. Yeah. And off season, like, listen, there's times I don't smoke. Like, if it's if it benefits you, like in fight camp, I don't like to train high. When I'm high, I'm more creative, a little more mellow. Like, I, I think I talked to you about how I think about consciousness like a wheel. Yeah. And I shift that wheel all the way around. And when I, when I get high, it shifts it like one degree over to the more creative side. Great. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm fucking with you. But when I take time off, like a 24-hour period or a 48-hour period, and I'm with creative people or like people that have like really good energy, and I take a couple hits, the way the cannabis affects me is on another level of creativity. Like things start forming, and I really see and make connections on higher levels. What are your thoughts on that? Hell yeah, I didn't smoke for eight weeks, right, in fight camp. Right. Then, if I don't smoke, I'm actually 10% better training-wise. Interesting. Do you like to – so if you're, not, if you're not in camp, do you like to train high ever? No. Never. Really, unless it's like, you know what I might do? If it's nice out, smoke a blunt, go for a run on the beach. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to smoke before something, it's usually, usually – monostructural in nature oh you want to smoke and go kayaking beautiful connection well you want to smoke and go for a run in nature but don't be like yo you want to smoke and spar but like hell no 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 jujitsu not lazy i did jujitsu a couple times high because guys love it yeah i was just really lazy i just hugged i was like (laughs) close to me you know what the point is gravity i was like gravity first so if we just stay here not moving, it's a win for gravity. And gravity dictates jujitsu. Interesting. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not doing anything till you do it. That's what I'm talking about. And I could go seven, eight minutes of doing very little like that because I'm good, right? Yeah. Like it's, so for me, it was really ineffectual. Interesting. And uh, Matt Sarah told me it's better not to smoke before a fight anyway. And he, and he I'm not saying he likes to smoke. But I'm not saying he doesn't like to smoke either. And, uh, and he's right. It does make you more aggressive. It makes me 10% then to uh, warrior, right? To right. Well, warrior. anyway, can, the, way, the way cannabis affects people is completely individualized. Like, That's I, true. But. You know, so like it, depend, it depends on the person. It depends on their internal state and what they're going through and all that shit. But the reason why I'm, I'm not doing it for 30 days and you know what like i'm already starting to feel like the whole like caving in i want to just have it because it makes me way more creative it makes me way more lovey-dovey it makes me way more uh i don't know interested in the path the journey the struggle all that shit when i'm not on cannabis i I don't know it just it's not that i need it but i guess this 30 days is to prove to myself that i can go without it you know what i'm saying see see how i feel without it see what my patterns are without it. What do I do instead of going and sparking a joint or taking an edible? You know what I'm saying? How do I utilize my energy so that I'm not going down that same route? But then again, when I do take time off and I have a spark and I'm with a guy like you or, you know, my friends that I'm doing business with or whatever, like we get great ideas. The energy is so good. And I don't know, man, I'm just way more euphoric about things. What about you? I'm going to back this up a second. Sure. 
my wife prefers when I'm high, so. <laughs> so that definitely is a factor also. She doesn't smoke. She's like straight. She doesn't do shit. My wife too. Yeah, but um, I, also to be fair, when I'm not smoking for eight weeks, I am also in fight camp. Like I don't know what it would be like to not smoke and not be in camp. Right. So I, I don't know. Maybe, you know what? I've gone times without it. Like, let's say there's a few days I just can't, there's no weed around. Yeah. It's all right. It's not like life changing, but I do like it. I do like to chill because my personality is more aggressive. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I mean, you can see that. So right. in, uh, what do I do? I'm a professional fighter. I run the Animal Training Camp, which went really good, by the way. Yeah, let's, dude, I got that on my notes. I, I want to talk about that, too. I want to talk about it. Yo, let's talk about that, because this will tie right in. Let's go. Ta let's tell me about what the Animal Training Camp is all about, who was involved, and, and how long it was, all that jazz. So I do a weekend training camp in upstate New York in Cold Spring. It's like maybe an hour from the city. But even when you go an hour away from the city, I have like four acres of land up there. We have a pool. Hot tub, a beautiful workout area, tennis court, basketball court. It's a dope spot. And it's only an hour from the city, and uh, it works out pretty well, location-wise, to get our clientele there. Yeah. So what we do, it's pretty much the truth. It's like a two-day-long assessment, really. So when we come up to the camp, it's three workouts a day, two days. So we do six workouts in a weekend. Love it. And they're up there. Uh, I teach them how to eat, how to work out, how to do all the basics the right way. And then I give them a program to follow afterwards based on what we observe. So let's say I see someone has maybe a weak IT band, I might give them corrective exercises for that. Or if someone has a shoulder issue, I might give them some exercises to help that. Uh, if someone needs privates afterwards, that happens sometimes too. Cool. And I get a great assessment. And what am I really assessing, Danny? what they're thinking yes for an hour in the day quick they're you know they're not thinking they're not focused about what they're doing they're thinking about a hundred other things now i have someone for two days we, we all stay together eat together uh recover work out together share the an experience that's very difficult it is a tough they are tough challenging workouts i do have a hard style i train optimally for each person you know, everyone's going to be trained optimally for what they can do, but it's going to be difficult to the measure for everyone. So they're going to have to have a transformative experience to get through it. And what I'm, what I'm looking for is what is this person saying to themselves all the time? What are they preoccupied with? And what I really wanted to say that was special this time, this never happened before. So Friday night, I'm off the clock. The camp is Saturday and Sunday. Friday night, I go with my guys, two kids that are like my interns, and my assistant coach. We go up, and we set up the camp for the weekend. After we set up, let's say it's about 7, 8 o'clock at night, me and my assistant coach, the two kids, they don't do anything. We like to take mushrooms in the woods. Yes. Have a great time. We take like a, a dose, you know, and we just, we just have a good time. It's in nature, and we go in the hot tub, and the cold plunge, and I talk to the trees and I just get in touch with, with the universe. And How many grams? I take a dose. I take three and a half grams. 
That's a good. That's a good amount. You can get lost for three. The three first time games. we did it, we took five, and we went on the journey. We took a heavy dose. But this time, so uh, so I get up there Friday night, and I sold out. So I sold out the camp. I had uh, all my VIP spots sold, so they have a room. And all my VIP spots were like, we want to come up the Friday night. So it was there for the Saturday morning to start early. I'm like, all right, no problem. But listen, I'm off the clock. Just so you know, like, all right, no problem. You know, we'll be there at like 10 o'clock at night. So they start getting there and I'm weighing out the mushrooms. And this one guy was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, what are you looking to get out of it? Why were you looking to do that? So we have a conversation about it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just take, go small, one gram. Let's take one gram on an empty stomach see how you feel and it really opened them up and another guy who had more experience was like i want to take two and a half grams all right smaller guy two and a half grams and it was a good dose and uh and i had about seven or eight people taking various doses of mushrooms and then we lit the fire and i had each person write on a log something that was like weighing them down and had them burn it in the fire and it was like really i know it's, it sounds so simple but I think humans are very symbolic creatures and that helps someone relieve themselves sometimes of the pressure. And inevitably, once they put it in, up to them. If they want to talk about it, they can talk about it. And if they don't, well, you just chill. And you're like, that's for me. And, and I never did that before at a camp. And I was like, oh, this is great. And uh, it was nice that it just happened like spontaneously, organically. Yeah. I wouldn't even try to make it a feature. It was nice that it just happened and everyone got something out of it and it made the camp. Even one of my guys was like, oh, I can see why you do this before the weekend because it does make you appreciate everything just a little more. Like if you yeah. want to say things do, it kind of makes make you a little more in touch with everything, connected. Yes. And that's great when you're around other people. Sometimes... Right, other people could detract from your experience. They totally could. But with the right group, I think it totally could enhance the experience. I agree with you 100%. That's going back to my cannabis thing with, you know, when I take some time off and, or fasted or whatever, and I do that, like, my ideas and just the connection with the people is just enhanced tremendously. Dude, that's something that I kind of want to get involved with. I'm, I'm very interested in this uh, thing that you got going on. So how many people do you have at these training camps? Like, Sold out for me is really 16 is sold out for me. That's a good amount of people. 12 full price. That's it. And I get them for two days. I can put a lot of work into them. I can really interact with everyone, give everyone a lot of personal attention. So it's really like 12 people a day for two days. I really like that setup, man. It, it kind of aligns with what I'm trying to do with Steel Mace. And eventually I want to have like weekend workshops where I'm teaching movement patterns, movement flows with kettlebells, mace, body, body weight, and uh, incorporate psychedelics somehow, but I don't know how to do that. And I think what, you, what you're doing there, that sounds. That's it happened cool. naturally. Yeah. No, I, so you know how I feel, right, Danny? I'm, I'm not a great dancer. In, in the physical form. However, in the spiritual form, I'm a very good dancer. And 
I have learned that when you dance with the universe, let the universe lead. Yes. So uh, instead of me trying to lead and step on the universe's toes, because I'm a shitty dancer, <laughs> I'm like, why don't you lead? And, uh, and it worked out perfect. Holy shit. I couldn't have planned it. And the weather was perfect. Fucking everything went perfect. Everyone had a great experience. Really transformative. And that's what I'm looking for. I venerate a god of transformation in, the, in its essence. Uh, Odin's a god of transformation, right? Mm-hmm. So the path I follow is a very transformation-oriented path. And it would make sense if you look at the seasons, things that are transformative can be cyclical as well. Uh, so I embraced that. And everyone that came to the camp is killing it. And then I had a bunch of people. I had five returning members. So five people that have come to almost every camp since my first one, my seventh camp. That's the awesome. What I really want to do is buy a place upstate and then have just Manimal Kingdom up there. Dude, I love that idea, man. Take a place to work out, maybe get 10, 20 acres of land, do some organic farming, get some chickens up there. And it could be close to New York, so so it could be something feasible that you could have training camps every weekend, right? And then do a lot of value in a you know what I like efficiency. The weekend training camp, let's say I get twelve people, I do as much in a weekend as I would do in a week. But I did a solid weekend. I did I did more. I was able to even deliver more in that weekend than I would if I saw them. Five days in a row. Yeah, dude, that's that's I love I love weekend workshops. I mean, I call them workshops. I can muster all my energy, right? I'm like, okay, we got a weekend. Like, it's a lot of work. And you know what's crazy? I've been using a whoop, and my calorie burn setting up for the camp is out of the charts. It's it's just ridiculous. So, talk to me a little bit about the workouts that you do. Okay, so the first workout I call it a rite of passage, but it's basically. a pretty simple fitness assessment. We do 1,000 meter row for time, two minute push ups, two minute sit ups, two minute burpees. And it's as many as you can do in two minutes or? Yeah. As many as you could do. We go, we go through the form first because I like to have a standard form and then this gives a baseline that we track. Then they could always measure this. If you give someone simple stuff, they could always measure. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to go back to that. If you give them complicated things, like no one's fucking measuring their VO2 max at the house. Right. If I tell you do two minutes of burpees and one day you did 12 and the next day you did 20, you know you got in better shape. Perfect measurement. It's metric. Like, so yeah. we give them. So my, my rite of passage is a rite of passage. What would you give a 13 year old kid in a tribal society? His rite of passage is actually pretty basic. Sure. Right, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's basic. Because they're dusted after it. So two-minute push-ups, two-minute sit-ups, two-minute burpees, 1,000-meter row, then seven-minute AMRAP, 10 kettlebell swings, 10 goblet squats, 10 push press. Then we take a little break, stretch out a little bit, and then we work a little strength, five-by-five five deadlift. Nice. Pretty tough. It's a tough first workout. It's an hour yeah. and a half workout. I'm not rushing through it. There's a lot of instruction in that hour and a half of it. So that's the first one. Then the second work, then we take a little break. We have like a little breakfast. So, you know, have some eggs, a little bacon, 
We keep it simple. Uh, if they, depending on the athlete, more or less carbs. If an athlete needs more carbs, we have like overnight oats. We have plenty of fruit on hand. And depending on what they're looking to do, I'll advise them how much they should be eating and what their recovery meal, we'll take that as a recovery meal, that first one, should look like. Second workout, kickboxing. So we just do a kickboxing workout. You know, jump rope, medicine ball drills, boom, our kickboxing. Then the third workout, we do uh, what I like to call an epic workout. We'll take like a historical figure so I or a mythological figure. So I'll take like Hercules. And we do a run, stone throws, uh, wood choppers. And we put a, a pretty epic like hour-long workout together for that. Then at the end of the day, we have a feast, steaks. You know, everyone gets a steak. I Love mean, we, we go for it, organic, grass-fed, uh, sweet potatoes, vegetables. I make a healthy dessert. Nice. I made these, like, oat flour balls. <sighs> so they were really good. They came out good. The dessert okay. was hit. a little bit of that, uh, what is that, joy dark chocolate. So that shit was good. And then recovery at night. I got a guy who comes who does CBD. I have a CBD sponsor, CMG's CBD and Wholeness. Shout out to my sponsors. Uh, check him out. Uh, so he has gummies, roll-ons. He does a presentation and gives out samples, whatever someone needs for recovery. Then we do hot tub, cold plunge, back and forth. Me three or four times a night. So we get that contrast bathing. And then, yeah, if they, we spend some time around the fire. Uh, if there's fights on, we'll watch the fights. That's awesome. And the next day? I want to be in a great bonding experience. And then the second day, we have a similar setup of workouts. First workout, the next morning is a swole session. You know, like an old school bodybuilding workout. I think yeah, it was yeah. I like doing it once a week in my programming. Well, a lot of, a lot of young kids that are getting into fitness and exercise – that's the first thing they do. It's chest day, back day, biceps, triceps, whatever it is. And it's nice to kind of go back to those roots every so often. And then we try to do it all in one or two workouts a week. So we might do, let's say, crazy eights, eight rounds, eight reps of eight exercises. Mm. You're almost doing a full body workout, full body weightlifting workout, 64 reps of each exercise. And it's one, you know, you might not go as heavy, because that's not might not be your focus in life, right? Right. right. But you're hitting like Arnold Press, bent over row, dumbbell bench, maybe Romanian deadlifts in that workout, the GHD sit-ups. So you get back extensions. Sure. So you get like mixed eight exercises, and you take like an hour to do it, and just chill through it. Nice little bodybuilding workout. Love it. And yeah, we so I give them a variety of workouts that they could do. So they probably learn how to correctly do 50 really good, solid functional movements at a camp. Once I brought my old, uh, you know, the mace style, I used to do the power staff, but uh, I don't really manufacture them, so I don't really bring any this time. But I was thinking of getting my steel mace cert. Cool. From Onnit or what? Yeah. I like Austin. I wouldn't mind making an Austin trip. Nice. Nice. Well, if you ever need 40 steel maces, I got them in my garage. <laughs> Spark that blunt, John. How are we going to get them? What's that? How are we going to get them 40 maces? 
Uh, dude, next camp that you do, I would love to fucking be a part of it, and I'll just drive them up. It takes like, I don't know what, seventeen less. What is it like, twelve oh. hour drive to get to New York? It's not the easiest drive. I mean, it's a straight shot, but then you catch traffic like after Pennsylvania. Apparently, it's like one straight shot. So much fun. I'm sorry. So much fun for traffic. So much fun. Yeah. No, for the camp. Oh, I bet. I bet, dude. Listen, if you if there's a way, and then we do a few podcasts. What if you had like steamroller up there, like a few fighters come up? Sometimes, then you could do a bunch. You could do like eight or nine podcasts in a weekend. Dude, I am all in. I want to learn from you, man. I want to learn what you do and how you do it and how you set things up. And another thing that I I really admire is that you do energy work. Work for me. Just keep fucking falling forward. Yeah. Well. For sure. I mean, that's why that's why I'm in contact with you right now. Like, I just got in contact with you from Alexis, and we just start talking. And next thing you he's know, it's a great like, connector, Alexis. I I texted him before. He is. He has a great way of like bringing uh, other entities around that should uh, vibe together. He does. She's a good connector. Yeah. He does. She I tell does. her that all the time. She's just got that vibe. But but yeah, man, I'll fucking drive him up there. To both of the ones she was on, the one that was mostly her. Yeah, yeah. It was a good conversation, dude. She's she's smart as fuck. She, and the one with uh, who's that, Mendez? Yeah, Al- Anthony Mendez. He's another really smart guy. Yo, I was like, I have so many followers. <laughs> I'm like, I holy. <laughs> that's a question. That's a question that I ask a lot. It's like, you know, I, I got together with a handful of guys like Jordan Syed, Anthony Mendez, and then a Abish. Desai, like they have a combined million followers. It's crazy. I'm like, bro, I fucking won it Madison Square Garden. What the fuck more do I need to do? <laughs> what Dude, the fuck? Not, Who the fuck about... is doing that at 40? <laughs> what the fuck more? How much more do they want me to do, motherfuckers? I know, dude. It's not about followers, bro. It's not about that at all. It's about putting out quality shit. It's about engaging. And, and what you're doing is bigger than... 200,000 followers, you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. It's it's different. <laughs> Whatever. It's not a good metric. It's not a good metric. It isn't. And you know what? I could easily get myself like in that loop too. It's like, ah, oh, what do I how many more podcasts do I have to do and workshops do I have to do and classes do I have to do to keep building it? But at the same time, like it's building. It doesn't matter about the stupid number. It's you engage with more and more people and you make connections. So another thing that I want to talk to you about is that you mentioned in the weekend, you you pay attention to what they're doing up here in their mind, right? You get to yeah. Have, you know what? That's that's all same. of it. There's no separation here, right? You think there is, but I, I don't care how much you lift if you fight with your wife every day. Right, right. And 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 part of my development as a coach, as a trainer, is to like pay attention to how people think. And I mean, cause that's their programming, right? That's what initially is, uh, the, um, the starter of the reality, right? That's, that's how they basically engage with all this vibration, frequency, and energy is the way that they view things and the way they're programmed and conditioned to be right. Yeah. And what, what's the first, 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 first thing you think about when you wake up? That's what I like to start with. It's the first thing you think about. If you, th- you know what most people think? They're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to get up. 
well, fuck, I'm not, if you start thinking that already, you don't want to do the first step, get the fuck up. <laughs> Come on, work with me. Right. I, I think the first thing I think is I'm so lucky that someone actually wants to see my face this early in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like incredible that I actually, it's, <laughs> that there's a reason for me to wake up <laughs> this early. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Are you still I'm doing like, the oh, man, the morning thing? Get my coffee. I'm like, oh. I'm going to get my coffee. It's going to taste so good. I'm like, the car ride there is going to be that nice half hour. Listen to a podcast. Like, I'm looking forward to my day. Dude, me too. I love that. Whereas someone else could think that whole journey different. Right. Oh, fuck. I got to wake up. I got to make my coffee. Shit. That's going to take me five minutes. Then I got to drive. What if there's traffic on the Van Wick? Fucking Van Wick. There's always traffic on that shit. Which which there is. I'm not saying there's not. But it's okay if you listen to a good podcast. You know, but if, I don't give a fuck if there's 10 extra minutes of traffic. I got to get I'm listening to you, to your podcast. Actually, that's what I was listening to this morning. Awesome. Dude, I really appreciate uh, the support, man. Thank you. You know, yeah, I, I support what uh, I used to have a coach, and, co- and this coach was like, John, she's like, you are the biggest fucking fan of anyone that's your fan, that, that is your fan. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's that's a good observation. I was like, that's true. I was like, I'm the fan of whoever's my fan. That's awesome. Like, my shit. I, I do my best to try to be into into what they do. Definitely. Even if I might not understand it sometimes. I I do my best to support. Well, dude, I really appreciate it, man. Um, I hope that you understand my shit, and I hope you like what I'm putting out because it's coming from yeah, space. It's coming from here, man. It's coming from my soul. I, I don't know what drives me to keep doing it, but Does your wife still teach? I teach. I don't. I, I did, but she she never taught. That was a misunderstanding. She was just uh, she she's a buyer for Ace Hardware. She works in their corporate oh, office. But I was a oh, high school. that's right because then I said I used to own a hardware store. Yes, <laughs> like fourteen years at a family hardware store. It's a long time in hardware. That's awesome. I'm not handy at all. Like the last independently owned hardware store. What was it called? Ha! I used to be fat. Right? You used to be fat. Yeah. So my dad called it Big John's. (laughs) Because I was Big John. That's hilarious. Not anymore. Now, Manimal. Manimal is like a fucking Lamborghini. Dude, Manimal is like... It is the perfect nickname for you because... I was, I don't know if I watched a video of you doing like a bear crawl or maybe I just envisioned it in my head. I think I have the fastest bear crawl. Dude. I was I thinking know. about doing a bear crawl. You look, you look like half man, half animal. And it's a little scary. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I, I wonder if it would, I'm going to practice in sparring. Just bear crawl at a dude. You can't do it in Japan because the guy can kick to the downed opponent. But there's no knees or kicks. To a grounded opponent. Right? Okay. So if I run at you at my hands and feet, you can't knee me in the head. Mm. You could come down to punch me. Upon which time you have come down to punch at me. So then you can like spear him or take him by the legs or something. So then that means you're close to me. If you had to come down to me, then I can stand up and body lock you, right? I'll make my space quicker than you'll come down to me. I'll come up to you. Yeah. 
I'll beat them to it with double underhooks. That's how it looks in my head. Mm. I don't know how it looks in reality. I'm going to have to practice it. Yeah. Maybe for the next fight, man. I don't know. I, I know so I you got to practice it. You know, you iron it out in training. You got to remember a lot of what, like I remember uh, one of my training partners, the, the, the Monday after my fight, we we're in the gym. And we, I was like, can you help me cut weight? Let's just do an hour of drilling in the vinyls on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And he was like, yo, everything you drilled, you did in the fight. I was like, well, that's why I was drilling it. I was trying to do something. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's nice when plan A works. The goal, the ultimate goal is always to plan A all the way. Totally. Yeah, like even look at the most successful record-wise fighter in the UFC history, Khabib. Khabib does his plan A. He's, and it's like, well, what's his plan B? Well, he don't need a plan B. His plan A is that good. He's vicious. That dude is that dude it's is like a, scary, you, can't, man. you can't stop plan A. Why would you ever not do it? Right. And you see fighters mess themselves up. Oh, the, the wrestler would never did not. Nah, I'm gonna show off my improved striking. No. No. Don't do that. You're a great wrestler. Just do the fuck what you did. What was wrong with what you were doing good? <laughs> Let me throw a monkey wrench. Let me throw a monkey wrench in my own shit. You know what? My shit's working too well. It's fucking up, dude. It's almost like going back to like smoking weed every day. If it makes you creative, why? If it's not a bad thing, why stop it? If, if it's not broke, I don't fix it. That's right. I'm a big believer in that. That's like the number one thing. Like whenever I want to do something, if I want to change something, I'm like, is it broke? Is it gonna break soon? That's a good question too. It's like, oh, is it broke now? Okay, well. Is it going to break soon? Like, if it's going to break soon, then maybe. If you see it's going, like, eh, all right. But if it's, like, there's nothing wrong with it, can it be better? Eh, maybe it would be a lot of work to make it better. It's like, yeah, right, it's right. good. No, for real, man. It's, like, stick, right. stick, stick with what works. Stick with what your approach is and go. I think that's a great advice, not just in fighting, but in life. I think Gary Vee talks about that all the time. It's, like, triple down on what you're good at. Oh, I believe it. You know, that's when I started to really come ahead. In my life, personally, I was trying at other points in my life, I was looking uh, to make my energy vibrate a way that was far away from the way it normally does. To run a business in New York City, you got to be put together. I mean, really tight. Put together tight and... Uh, and my energy tends not to vibrate that way naturally. Hmm. And, it's pain. and to do something that's not in your nature takes a lot more energy. Definitely. And it was grinding me up. You know, it was grinding up all my energy. And then when I was just like, when I started to double down on my strengths and operate, not quite in my comfort zone, but operate uh, difficult challenges. There's a Julius Caesar quote that I like. Uh, never risk your entire fortune unless supported by your whole force. Hmm. So if I'm going to go do something risky, I want to make sure I'm supported by everything I have. Like that what I do is, is what I need for that task, that I have everything going the right way behind that. I'm with and you on that. 
Yeah, and if you don't, it's going to be – could you win? Sure you, could. Sure, sure, you could. You could. You're crafty. You're good. Real good, right? The best, maybe. But still, <laughs> you know, why not have the full support of all your energy? Yeah, no, definitely. So let me ask you this. When you were sleeping in your backseat and you lost everything from being tight and doing all that shit, like how did you have that like good thought when you first woke up? Like, well, it was hard. Yeah, at first it course. wasn't. No, I'm not saying it was like that at first. It took a little time to develop. I mean, quick, when I look back at it, since it was only like three years ago, quick now in retrospect, but it probably took a few months to, to start to just think, okay, well, at least, I, at least I, I woke up another day, which means I have another chance to do something. Mm. That's good. That's good. Something. Yeah. Even if my something is just rubbing one out, at least I can do something. <laughs> Look, I can do something. <laughs> well, way to look at way and beat it the most optimistic person in that situation. I mean, like, everything all about I perspective. Just out. Fuck. <laughs> at, least I can, at least I got another off. Wow. Hey, I might even get late. I'm still married. Yeah. Unreal. No, oh, so I, I, get, I still might get points for the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get myself points for the day, right? If I work out, that's a point. If I get, you know, seven hours of sleep, that's a point. If I get laid, that's a point. <laughs> I'll even give myself an extra point for a blowjob and getting laid. I'll, I'll give myself <laughs> you, Dude, weed is a point. Mushrooms is a point. Yeah, if I get high, it's a point. Sure. If I get free drugs, that's a point. Dude, that's like seven points. If somebody gives you, if someone gives you free cannabis, like there was a dude giving out like nugs at my football game the other day because he can't smoke too much or else he'll lose his job, which I find crazy. Like he loves it so much, but then you know he works for a company they get tested randomly, and it's like I can't do this, I can't. I'm not gonna get paid. He's crappier at his job because he doesn't smoke. Like, wouldn't you rather? Like, what if not smoking makes him like have bad customer service? Let's say. Yeah. He's not ill. He's a little. He's he's a little uptight. Yeah. There was a reason he wanted to smoke. Totally. It made him feel good. <laughs> totally. No, dude, weed is interesting, man. I just, uh, like I said, it helps It helps a lot. It helps a lot of things, and it puts me on point. It puts I just think it's so funny. And, like, my wife doesn't smoke. And even she says, how can you make something that just grows illegal? Totally. She's like, why not make shiitake mushrooms illegal? Right. <laughs> the shiitake mushroom has too many medicinal benefits. We don't want you to get ahead of the curve. If you shiitake. have any bit of that, you're going to jail. Shiitake oh. mushroom illegal now. And if we see you, what what's illegal? Kale. The benefits of kale too mm -hmm. great. No, you're gonna have to. If you if we see you smoking kale, you're yeah. it's a, right. Like think about it. If it was a different plant, I know. Somebody would, would argue and be like, well, the psychoactive properties aren't of the same as the cannabis. But there's plenty of plants with psychoactive properties that aren't illegal. Are you familiar with mugwort? I'm not. Okay, well, mugwort is a, it's a plant that grows, but if you smoke it, you'll get really high. Really? Super high. It's like what you would use for like prophecy in the Middle Ages. You would drink mugwort tea. Uh, we used to make mugwort under a pillow, like a mugwort. Where do they grow it? A garden. It's an earth. I, I mean, 
anywhere in the United States in the in the world where in the world? I don't know. They grow it at the cloisters in New York, so. Hmm. Mugwort. I'm gonna write that one down. I've never mugwort. heard of that. Oh, uh, what the hell else do we used to smoke? The shell, the paper part of the cashew. Really? If you smoke that, you get a little high. Interesting. The peels of a banana. When you bake that into powder and smoke that, you get high. Are you fucking serious? I'm not shitting. There's all types of things in nature that just get you high regular. Wow. So, oh, what do those fucking crazy fucks do? The toad. The toad. Is that? Uh, I've never done it. I'm just saying. Dude, that's, that's DMT. The toad venom, right? Yeah, that's DMT. It's, it's the Sonarian Desert right? Toad. Yeah, it's, it's not it's like five DMT MEO. five. There's like different types. So it's like five. No, 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 no. It is. It's five meo DMT from the Sonoran Desert Toad. They take oh. it, they squeeze it. It shoots venom off the glass, and then the glass, um, or the 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 substance crystallizes on the gl- on the glass, and then they scrape it off and they smoke it, and that's five meo DMT. Mm. That, yeah, that like quick crazy trip. Yep. Yep. I like to explain a DMT trip. Now, have you ever done DMT? No. So DMT, I did it one time, but I did it out of a vape pen. So they have them out of vape pens now. And you got to take a handful. I took like three and a half, four pretty big hits. And um, I, I like to describe it as like the heightened state of, the, of a mushroom trip for like 10 minutes. And then it's it. It's like tripping balls on mushrooms. Tripping balls on mushrooms, like the top of that, the climax of the the trip of a mushroom trip. No build up. Dude, that no shot out of a cannon. And then you're down. And then you're down after ten minutes. Yeah, that is crazy. And you know, I do mushrooms like spiritual too. We fasted the whole day. Right. So we fasted. That's how you should. Like, oh my god, we fasted. It hit us. 10 minutes i mean we were a full 24 hour fast and then, yeah 10 minutes in i was wow yeah, i was like wow and was it was it uh, for eight hours seven hours six hours seven, what, what? yeah seven interesting so I'll, let me just run you my last my last heroic dose of mushrooms it was completely it was done completely irresponsibly like i didn't even measure them out and uh I had probably had like three or four cups of coffee that day. And I was looking forward to the nighttime with my friend. I was like, I'm going to meet God tonight. I'm going to meet God, blah, blah, blah. And we, dude, we just fucking ate them. And I had probably one of the most terrorizing experiences in my life. (laughs) It was not fun at all. Okay. I didn't have the right people around me. I wasn't in the right place. It was, I probably wasn't in the best mindset, although I was fairly optimistic at the point at the time. I just, I don't know, man. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience. You spent a and lot of time on all fours questioning life, dude. I yeah, and and then after a little while, like I stopped panicking. You know, you just kind of surrender, like what they tell you to do, and then that's it, dude. I was in the center of the universe. I thought I was dead. Thought I was dead. So it was crazy. Good. A little ego dissolving. Oh, a lot of ego dissolving. That's for sure. I always wonder, is the ego wrapped up in the body? It's a good question. I don't know. Because I am a... I don't know. No matter how much I go into the spirit, 
I'm still attached to this body. Right. Well, it's the only way, it's the only way we're conscious of, right? To have a body and experience, like it's, that's the only, that's the only way we become conscious of and where we can have the conversation about spirituality in general. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, as much as I'd like to extrapolate about the after, after body, or we can call it after life, it's called after body. No. Mm. So, as much time as I, I spend, as much time as I spend there, when I see the interactions of the other entities, I have to wonder what does their perception look like because it's definitely not close to what mine looks like. Hmm. So I'm not certain until it would to happen to even be able to extrapolate on it because it's tough. Yeah. As much as yeah, I yeah. think not about my body, it's really difficult not to. Totally. Uh, totally. So yeah, so that, like that would be the fringe of where I, I don't feel even guessing because I always think about perception, right? So like, what's the perception like of the entities that I run across? Let's say it's someone who's deceased. Right. Well, what is it like for them encountering me? Where are they? Totally. <laughs> what is am I? You know, I'm in some weird dimension. What does it look like to them? Because obviously, now look the same. Because you do energy work and you you've uh, you've crossed paths. Are you still there? I lost your video. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm here. Um, and because you do energy work and all that, like, do you run across? I hear you. I'm just going to get my plug. Keep going. Okay. Go get it. Go get it. Um, so do you run across uh, other life forms when you are in deep meditation or when you are on psychedelics? Like how, or, or even when you're working with people in 3D time, do you come across other sorts of beings? Like how, how does that work? Everywhere. Everywhere. There's all different shit going on. First, talk to me about that. Break that down a little bit. The 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 energetic universe around you is really really uh, intense. So around everyone is first of all, you have all your energy, mm. all your energy centers, all the energy that's like flowing around you. Right? You say you're. And that, and, and let's be specific, like your specific energy could be more or less depending on how in tune everything is, right? Yeah, and different energy centers on your body right. could be more or less powerful. Right, and that will, that will kind of extrapolate a bigger now, hold or on. more that's, powerful. That's, you have that first. You have the individual. Right. And around every individual, you may have weird shit going on. One individual may have a thought form, like a thought that they thought about so much that becomes like a little entity that follows them around. Then you can have spirits just hanging out. You can have dead things. I told you I had ghosts in my uh, ghosts in my store. Uh, so you can have that floating around. There's all types of other beings that exist. And think about this, all the things you can't see anyway. You can't see UV light. You can't see a microwave. You can't see a radio wave. You can't see shit. Right. Fuck. And I, I'm like, you can't see anything. Fucking, we suck. 
like we're good perception wise once we hammer down a bunch of other things on the right yeah then we could perceive some things but i mean the flesh has benefits like i told i think i told just before the flesh has benefits for the flesh you can't feel the same uh anywhere else but energetically yeah there's so much going on energetically so how like how did you, how did you come across information? How did you know that you've had this power that you could work with people on and deciphering this? Well, no. So I'm trying to think like when I remember even as a little kid hearing someone talking about that you could see the aura, the energy, or like uh, through a certain type of uh, microscope of like sperm. And I, I was a little kid. I was a kid. I was nine or ten. I was like, oh, it's really interesting. Energy. So sperm itself has energy aura. I, this, I remember hearing this as a kid. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. Like, if you look like a certain microscope, right? It's a little dense little piece of energy. I was like, oh, it's interesting. And it made me, I, I think I found a book on like auras. And they have like an exercise that I, it's like the first exercise they give anyone how to like see an aura. You go in a dark room and you like put your fingertips close together and you stare at that shit in a dark room every night for like a half hour and nothing happens for like two, three weeks. And then you see like energy. You can start to make out like energy around your fingertips and it'll be different colors depending on the person. And I remember this being like the first exercise. Did I tell you that I am relatively for as insane I am pretty disciplined when I need to be and patient? I mean, you're a fighter. Of course you are. Super patient too. Like, it's like, okay, how long are you going to do this? I don't know. Six months. Really? You do six months. Like, think about that. Most people, right? You're in fitness. What do they tell you? I want to, uh, I want to get in shape. How long is it going to take? If you tell them six months, they're like, oh, that's a long time, right? Most people. Right. I'm fucking sitting looking at my fingers for six months. I'm fucking looking at them. like a 10 year old kid or 11. I'm looking at my fingertips for fucking 12 hours a week. So, yeah. I guess insanity starts young. Shows young. Interesting. So, you felt like you had this when you were younger? I was really drawn to it. And there's, there's practices, it's like a technique. So it's not, it's not like a sorcerer who just has right. his powers randomly. It's more of a practiced discipline. Mm. The, the power yeah. comes from the discipline of the practice more than anything else going on. Yeah. Which most definitely. things, most things in life. Let's say you right. got that Shaolin monk. Is it that his style is better than anyone else's? Or is it the discipline of his practice makes him able to do shit that yeah if you did the shallow monk style for six months you get your ass kicked if you went to a real fight if you tried to stick with it you just don't have it but when you have it hmm. interesting because i started working with an energy healer and i did uh a few sessions already and i'm just laying down on the table and i'm just uh doing that you know, much with- i know it doesn't feel like much at first but I do, you know, I, I do energy healing work. That's right. I, I like to use a lot of runes in it personally because that's the system. That's the language I'm most comfortable relating to energy with. 
Say it again. What, what's the word? Uh, when I use the runes, the Viking runes, uh-huh. the runic symbols. Those are, those are the ways that you explain things to people. So that's the way I use energy, yeah. And instead of using, okay. like, if you go to a Reiki healer, when I did my Reiki master healing, uh, they have different symbols they, like, that they use. Mm-hmm. But, I like but it all, use, it's all the same shit. I use the runes. Yeah, that's the language I relate to the energy the best way. Okay. All right. Yeah, because, dude, I'm telling you that I think like, – I'm very interested in this type of work. And I also, too, when I was a younger kid, like, felt that I had, like – I don't know. My dad used to say, like, you know, in our family, there's, like, a line of psychic – abilities or ability to kind of just like feel out energy i don't want to say psychic i never thought i was a psychic or anything but at the same time like i always felt like bigger or not not bigger that's the wrong word just more in tune i guess to put it on a like there's a lot of things around there's a lot around i think that you start out i think it's more everyone starts out relatively in tune yeah and then, like, the more I learn about this work and the more I learn about the energy centers and the more I learn about meditation and, and all that shit. And now, like, I'm, like, an energy healer kind of just, like, waltz into my life and I'm training her with, this, with the mace and, I, you know, and she's teaching me all this energy stuff. And I, I come across a guy like you. And, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a trainer that also has the line of, like, transformative. Like, I, I'm, I'm taking people and I'm teaching them to understand, like, the good qualities of life and how you can take that information and pertain it to a wellness lifestyle, right? So that you could go ahead and access your potential as much as possible. But the more I understand about energy, the more I'm able to utilize these techniques in my practice with my clients, with my, with my students or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm still a fucking novice. Like I don't know exactly how to like even articulate the the terms here. So that's why I want to get as much information out of you. So you say you use that way, or what? How, what do you? What are the terms that you use to to describe? What is it? The the, the vocabulary that you use? back me up. Let's yeah, the what? vocabulary. Huh? The uh, the vocabulary that you use. The terms you said. The Reiki people. Oh no, they just use different symbols. I use runic symbols. Runic. Runic, yeah. I use the runic. runes. That's how I use it. I use those symbols. They use more different Japanese symbols. That's where that lineage comes from. I work more with the runes. So that's where I feel the most comfortable. Those are the symbols I would use when I Okay. Work. So then when, when the energy healer is placing their hands over your joints or the third eye or whatever the hell – like, what's actually taking place? Okay, so let's think about energy. Now, the closest way I can think about energy to relate to what we have in the material world would be like water. Let's look at the way water flows. If something, if there's a dam, a blockage, water bunches up, could coagulate, get crappy, right? Swamps, right? Water can stagnate. Energy can do the same. Energy flows all around your body through all different energy points and circles around you. So you have like uh, an aura that does two things, hugs close to you or is like a a little bubble, right? Depending on your energy centers, they could be out of alignment. So you could have your energy centers not in the right alignment on your body 
Right. Because what is uh, the samurai Munanori? The purpose of the human is to have a body adapted for unlimited energy. So depending on how, like if you can do everything the right way, you can with this body actually generate a crazy amount of energy for the size of the body into the physical world. So if those things are out of alignment, you're just leaking energy different places. So when your energy flows certain ways, and you, let's say you have an injury, bang, a physical injury can cause a coagulation of energy there. So you have to do two things. You got to find a way. Everything's energy. Even the, Everything is, is energy, right? You know, what's a calorie? A unit of energy. Everything ha- every pound of mass has calories, has an energetic value. Right. So the energe- so there's an energetic value there that is going to take to let's say heal an injury, and there's an energetic coagulation. Then you might put more energy on a spot. Fuck my elbow. Shit. You know, yes. ever since I hurt my elbow, you know, I was good at doing this until I hurt my elbow. You know, once I hurt my elbow, then you know, man, ever since I hurt my, are you right? And then the person mm-hmm. puts more energy in that spot that already was jammed mm-hmm. up. Right, you jammed it up already. You have an yes. It's gonna take some time. There's a coagulation of energy here. It's jammed up, right? All right. Now you put more energy. It's already jammed up. Now this thing's not healing because you keep putting negative energy in there. Got it. So when they're like, "Oh, this," and then what happens? Uh, a chakra. I know this uh, seems very ephemeral, but you a person that's been hurt in love a lot. Your heart chakra moves a little bit or might like be closed. Right. Doesn't want to take as much energy as it should because it's like, oh, you know what we should do? Just close it up. Close up shop. <laughs> we get hurt. There's probably other things going on. It wasn't, you know, love that was the problem. <laughs> there might, might have been other factors. Sure. And, you know, so, like the so love chakra is a heart chakra. Coagulating, then an energy worker will feel that. And then once you feel it, you can work on it, help to get rid of some of that. The only right, thing that like, I have to caution with any work, I'll give, I'm, I, I have to say this, with any work, no matter how good the work the person does, the body work, when you crash the car, you still got to get it done again. Right. So you, so it's, think, do all the energy work and then try with that to get to what, what are you, what's causing you to crash the car, right? Think mm-hmm. of the energy healer as like the mechanic. You crash the car. Okay. Yo, John, I'm feeling fucked up. You know, or you know, I like to, I like to do this, I like do that. Okay, let's fix the car. Boom. But once I fix the car, you can't go back. Don't crash the car again. <laughs> like sometimes people, you'll fix it, and it'll go back to their old behavior. Right. No, it's, uh, I would say that's like more, that's more than the, like 90% that's of the people the do that. Think about it. How long have you been training people? How long yeah, you been a long to? time. A long time. 13 years. Okay, yeah. So, so then you're going to know this to be true. Someone comes in, sacrifices for maybe a year. Good results. Great results. Great oh. results. Fall off the wagon. How often does that happen? That's like the norm, right? Right. Happens all the time. Yeah, in fitness overall, you look at fit- so so that's the norm. 
Right. So, so when you're doing as, as you are the mechanic, right? So I, at, at Manimal training camp, like you're, you're learning how I'm the craftsman these, there. <laughs> you are the craftsman there. No, for sure. I, I do mean, my if best. You're, Listen, am I saying, uh, am I saying I'm a hundred percent? No, but I will say this. If I tell you that, uh, you're going to die in a week unless you get this particular heart surgery. And if you go with the best guy, you're going to have a 50% chance of living. But if you go with anyone else, you're going to have a 10% chance. You're going to go with the best guy, right? Even though it's 50-50. So I'm giving you the best tools. Right, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the best tools. If you use the tools, and everyone has different, gets different tools. Everyone needs different things. Like, you, like we were saying about chakras, what's misaligned? It's tough. I can't get too much into that because not everyone is receptive to that. So you can only put that energy out and have it make any sense for the person that's willing to receive that energy. So if the person's not willing to – I don't talk about chakras to the person that isn't going to receive that message. I might just talk to them about being a little uptight. Maybe you want to relax a little bit. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Just breaking it down so that they can digest it a little bit more. Well, so that they can... Oh, listen, this is just the fuck up. The fuck am I telling? I may as well tell them nothing. I'm better off saying nothing because if I say the other thing, I'm just going to look crazy, <laughs> which I already do. But to the right person, and I think that's what throws some people off with me, that they'll hear me on one podcast. I'm talking about like astral projection. And the other one, I'm like, just do your fucking push-ups. You know? <laughs> It's like everyone, where where is that person's entry point? I got to bring them onto the boat you know, from where they are. Exactly. And that's, dude, John, that's what makes a really good teacher is to understand that, right? Meet them where they are so that you can provide them what they need, right? That's what And makes there's them. certain ports I don't sail into. Like, there's certain clients I know I don't like working with. Like, I don't say, like, a boat sails into ports, right? The port doesn't come to the boat. So there's certain clients I don't pick up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, this boat, I don't go to that dock. I don't, you know, I don't. Interesting. I don't train. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But then again, like my naive ass is always like, no, there's a way. There's a way to get that boat to the port. Do I want to? Is it want to use the energy? No, because I rather. Right. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm also selfish. I take that energy for myself. Uh, I always keep it for myself unless it's something I want to like, uh, unless it's something that's going to be meaningful to give away. Yeah. Like, there's no point in giving something to someone who's not going to use it. Totally. You, you could have held on to that, kept it for you until the appropriate time. Yeah. That you, that you, then you're like, oh, you know what? Cause you'll get involved with that person. And then you're going to not be able to take the opportunity that you would have rather took. Totally. So I, yeah, it's important like not to make, you don't always have to do, uh, you know, be the fix, like take the fixer up. Really. It has to be meaningful for you. Definitely. Imagine like with that, imagine you have to do it for free because it's going to almost come out to that. Once you, once you figure, once the pain in the ass value is figured in, it's going to be free. Totally. No, it makes a ton of sense, man. Like, it opens my eyes up a little bit more. I mean, you have um, a lot, so it's a little different. You have a physical have location, right, that you run? I have a couple of locations. But then, like, now I'm also with the idea because nobody uh, has maces at their gym, and I have 40 of them. 
I can bring my maces to them and run workshops or classes or whatever. Oh, that's so even better. To, no overhead. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm, I'm trying to do like the reverse what fitness entrepreneurs do with this tool. That's been my niche the last year or so. So like now, I, I mean, I would just have to come up with some sort of percentage with the person and that's it. That's all I've been doing. But yeah, I have a physical location too, but it's not my personal one. It's just an agreement that I have with the owner right now. You rent space out of it. Yes, technically, but no. But no. Yeah, you know how I feel about a physical spot. It has to be perfect. But I would, the only physical spot that would make my dick hard to want to do it is, the, is a spot upstate that would just be like Manimal Kingdom. Yeah. You know, just make it the way I want it, set the gym up dope. Weekend yeah. training camps in the summer, you could do week long camps. That that would entertain me. That would be something cool to do. I would make it run off the grid too. Solar power, wind power. Fucking love that. I would make it. Yeah, to have a hub, dude. To have a hub is nice. Don't get me wrong. To have a fucking place that you call your own is nice. But then, like, you could also take manimal training camp and go to fucking Tulum. Or so I just go to. About that. My guys want to go to Costa Rica, but my partner said no. So here's what happened. My members, so we were at the training camp and we were having such a good time and we're in the hot tub and they're like, when's the next camp? And I'm like, well, we can't do the next camp until like April, May because it has to get nice out because most of our camp is outdoors. Yeah. And it's tough to get upstate in the winter. You know, like it's rant. You don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to bring the trailer of equipment up there and get stuck in the snow. Okay. Yeah. I don't do that. So I was like, but I would love to go to Costa Rica you know, in January and do like a New Year's camp. New Year, new animal. <laughs> you know. Uh, Dude, I have a friend that lives in Costa Rica that has a restaurant called Cafe Pronto. He used to be on MasterChef. Sick. So uh, I'll see me. So I wanted to do it. Four of my guys said they would do it, which really would just pay for it. And then my partner said he's not down. Interesting. So how, how did yeah, you... Yeah, like, what am I going to do? Go there without him and have the camp? Well, he also has, like, is like has, like, two kids. So he's, like, it's going away for, like, four days. But I don't know. Maybe we can work something out. I think it would be so dope to have a camp, uh, you know, in January, someplace nice and tropical. Yeah. For me. For me. Dude, for sure. Dude, Maybe let me know. Let me know I want to go away. For a few days and train somewhere tropical in the in the winter in, in New York City. You live in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You want to be in eat of snow? Yeah. In January, would you rather be in Costa Rica chilling? Totally. So I'm gonna go to Miami and try to do uh something in Miami uh January 15th and 16th. I don't know if it's gonna be a workshop or anything, but I'm gonna get together with Anthony Mendez and another That's guy. That's another option. So going to, like, Florida is another option if we don't want to leave the country. Yeah. Could be warm. We could do a home away. I saw some dope spots in Miami, actually. Yeah, dude, Miami would be sweet. And I, I'm talking to a couple guys out there, and I'm just like, I want to figure out a way to bring Steel Mace out there. But, like, my, my automatic mindset is to collaborate with fucking people in different areas. For some reason, it's like, I, I find what people are doing in other areas attractive, and the only way to build something cool is to do it with other fucking cool people. You know what's actually good about that, too? What's that? Then they don't feel threatened by you because you don't live in their area. Totally. Yeah, and I'm not... And, and like, if, like, in your own area sometimes, 
in fitness, I remember it being like, oh, wait, hold on. Did I tell you this story at Madison Square Garden backstage? One of the athletic commission officials was like a guy that had like just to come into my gym and then opened like a boot camp like across the street from me. No, you didn't tell me. Okay, so hold on. Let me back this story up. Yeah, tell me a little bit. This guy. So I used to own a gym for five years. I owned a CrossFit gym. Okay. So a couple times I had uh, trained this uh, this guy at my gym, and uh, he was okay. And his wife was actually in really good shape. Like a good, like she was like a boot camp instructor. And I had like a really busy gym, and they seen how busy I was. And you know what they think when you're busy? They're like, "Oh, this guy's busy. We should." you know, we'll do it and make a kill. And this guy's making mad money. So they like stopped training with me. And then they opened the place, like literally across the street, like a boot camp, a fit body boot camp. And what you call it? I think, I don't know if I went out of business first or they did, but it was way after I was in business already. They might've gone out of business before me. And it's tough. I think they were open like two years and then went out of business. Because it's a tough business, a tough it hustle. Tough. It is a tough and, hustle. Uh, the guy from that crew, the guy Harry, winds up his regular job, his regular nine to five, or whatever, five, nine to five, the opposite direction. He's an athletic commission official. So at Madison Square Garden, I'm thinking this guy's backstage now. Hmm. Guy Harry, who had opened up across the street from me. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, shit, what's up, Harry? And I'm like, I'm fighting. He's like, really? I'm like, fucking guys. I'm like, boom. So, so he has to like shadow you the whole time. So he has the whole time. I'm warming up. He's like, all right, shoot. I'm shooting the shit with him. You know, I'm friendly always. Sure. And uh, but I'm thinking to myself in my head, I can't fucking lose in front of this fucker. Yeah. This motherfucker. I'm like this fuck. This fucking guy. Fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Oh. And then thought what I did was easy, and then found that's not. Now I'm doing this, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta fucking kill this dude." I was like, "I gotta kick ass." I was like, "I, I got it. This guy's gonna be right there." Ego, so, uh, ego comes out. I'm, you gotta do it. I'm fucking thinking of this. I'm like, "Motherfucker!" I'm like, all right. No, when you're actually fighting, I'm not thinking about it. But after the fight's done, they announce me the winner, and I turn to my left, and he's on the cage. Nice. And yeah, motherfucker! I was like, "Don't forget Bayside, bitches." Yeah. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Dude, we, we were supposed to talk about that last podcast. Tell me a little bit what goes in your mind when you're backstage, right before a fight, and then take me through the whirlwind that is the actual inside the cage. Like you said, it was like, so yeah, the closer you get to the event, the crazier time is. So imagine the event is a, a dent in space-time. Okay. Every event, like a little dent in space-time. It's an yes. event. Yes. And as you get close to the event, the perception of time changes. Even think about something like your wedding. It's like slow, 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 then fast to the point. Slow, uh, fast, 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 slow, slow, slow. Yeah. Right at a certain curvature, like when something has a gravitational impact. That's uh -huh. how it ends. So leading up to it, where do you want me to start? The start, morning I don't know. Start, or, start on the, the I know that, you know, you, you have an eight-week extensive camp, but take me, like, the day of, the night day of. of the fight. Yeah, fight yeah, day. Take me fight there. Day. Fight day. 
probably the day I woke up. So the night before, one of my best friends and trainer partners died like eight days before my fight. Oh, fuck. So the night... Tragic? Like, how tragic was it? I mean, pretty tragic. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, you know, could you want to talk about mental health? Yeah. My friend committed suicide. Oh, just, sorry. You know, and uh, he was struggling, you know, mentally yeah. for a while. And, and sometimes you try to help someone. Yeah. I'm like, that I can give you the best tools, but if you don't use them, it doesn't matter what tools are in the toolbox. And then it's a shame he believed in everyone more than he believes in himself. And I hate to see when that happens. Yeah. Uh, even though guys make fun of me that I believe in myself so much, like the opposite way, I'm like, yeah. well, you know, this guy believed in me more than I believed in myself. He was a good guy. And, uh, and um, the night before, at the, the weigh-ins, the night of the weigh-ins was Gabbert's memorial service. So I get home from that, and I was in Long Island. So I'm out there, and my wife's like, John, come on, we got to go. You know, and I was like, I know, but I got to, you know, show my respect. And, and so uh, we get home, and it's like 11 o'clock at night. So, but I still woke up Friday morning, like 6 a.m., and I was nervous as a motherfucker. So I wake up, and I'm like, oh, fuck. 6 a.m. I'm like, fuck, I got like at least 12 hours before I fight. So I'm like, all right, I'm thinking pacing. I'm like, all right, pace myself. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta go take a dip in the ocean. So I go to the to the pier and I take a dip in the water. It was actually nice and cold. And I was in the water and I went through my day in the water. So I was in the cold water and I was like, all right, pancakes for breakfast. I love pancakes for breakfast. I'm like nut and grain. Oh, hearty pancakes and bacon and eggs. I like a big breakfast because I, I don't want to eat too close to the fight. So I had breakfast with my wife. We had pancakes, sausage. I think we just hit IHOP. Yeah, like the IHOP part was great. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. That shit was clutch. Uh, and then I just start prepping my stuff. I'm just going through the shit in my head, just trying to stay relaxed. Uh, then we got to the venue at one. So we get to the venue at one, you check in, and now I'm like, yo, I need a nap. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> so uh, so I find, it's like, oh, no, that's what happened. My boy Steamroller meets up with me, and then we went and saw, uh, he was like, let's get your mind off the fight. They went and got lunch. I really didn't eat lunch. I had, like, a protein bar. I couldn't really eat. I was already, like, fucking ready to throw up anyway. So... Then he's like, yo, let's go see Dark Phoenix. So we go see Dark Phoenix. So you go see a movie. We go see a movie. So that was from 2.30 to 5. Great. So we're in a movie theater, chilled out, killed some time. Dark Phoenix was okay, but she was like, yeah, use your emotions. I was like, yeah, I'm an emotional guy. I like that. I was like, use your emotions, madam. <laughs> but <laughs> so... Uh, then I'm like, fuck, I need to take a nap. We got to be down there at 6.15, 5 o'clock. So I go in the hotel. I go to like the third floor. I find like a little nook. You know, I'm small. I fit in where no one else does. Yeah. So I find a little spot. I put my bag down. I brought a blanket with me. And uh, I was like, wait for me downstairs, do whatever. And they were like, oh, we're going to go hang out in the city. So my wife and my corner men, they go hang out in the city. I fucking crashed. 40 minutes. Out. Good nap. Solid. Dreaming. Fucking astral projected. I'm fucking crazy. And uh, 
I wake up, someone fucking tried to come sleep where I was sleeping. Like someone's looking for a spot too. What? So like, like another dude with his corner and, and he woke me up, but it was already like time to go down. So I look at the clock and I was like, all right, I drink some water. I have some coffee next to me. I drink that. I got my shit together. And then my, my crew came back just as I was about to come down. Perfect. Six o'clock. Boom. I go down. Ray Long goes there. Guys are busting my balls. The second Ray sees me, he's like fucking busting them. He's like, uh, do we have a safe word for tonight? I'm like, you motherfucker. I was like, I said that shit when I was high, all right? One day I was high and I was watching I Quintus fight. So I'm mad high. He was getting like his leg eaten up and, it was, and he broke his nose. And it was between like the fourth and fifth round. And Doc's looking at him. And I'm mad high. I was like, yo, Ray, if I'm fucking, if my nose all fuck like that, my leg, I was like, just fucking call him a day, bro. Let's just go home. And he was like, what? He was like, I tell you what, I had a lot of conversations. I was like, yo, I'm fucking high as a kite. This is high, man. I'm like, man, I'm like, fuck. I was like, I just, let's just get a cheeseburger, bro. <laughs> I'm like, let's. I was like, if it's looking like this, just, bro, just go get a cheeseburger. Let's just call it a day. He's like, what the fuck are you saying? So I was like, Ray, I was like, that was fucking high, high animal. Like, I was like, in the fight, I, I'm not thinking about that shit. Like, That's hilarious. I was like, I'm high as a kite. I'm like, yeah, I just want to eat. Like, we just chill. I'm like, fuck, that don't look good. I'm like, that like doesn't look good. So as so we bust my balls about that, I was like, no, we don't have a fucking, tonight there's no safe words. Yeah. The safe words, <laughs> when I say this, uh, the safe word is keep going. <laughs> Some shit like that. Safe word is a cheeseburger, bro. I know. So yeah. That's I always crave a cheeseburger, like after the fight. Oh, pizza, pizza, cheeseburger. Oh, so uh, so we get up. Once you get to the hotel, oh, then the hotel. You know they bust my balls about checking in. So we get to the garden. We go in through the 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 workers' entrance. Yeah, the backside. Go through the talent entrance. That sounds better. The entrance. I'm the talent, all right? <laughs> so they line you up the way you're fighting. So it's you, your corner, your opponent, his corner, the next fight, and the guy's checking you in to go into the garden. So the kid in front of me, boom, what fighter are you, all right? Who's your corner, bro? It's the fighter first. I come up, he's like, who's your fighter? I was like, what do you mean, who's your I'm the fighter. He's like, no, Pops, who's your fighter? These are all 23-year-old kids. I think you told me that. That's right. Yeah. So now they're busting my balls here. I'm the only fight. I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of MMA. No fucking respect. 39 years old, right? No respect. Fucking. <laughs> uh, so, so now this guy's butt, he's like, no, who's the fighter? I was like, me, fucking John Benabucci. I'm like, look at the things. Like, oh, okay. He's like, who's your corner? Boom, right? So my coach, Ray. He goes to my opponent right in back of him, and he's like, if that don't give you fucking confidence, nothing will. The guy don't even think he's a fighter. I'm like, oh, fucking guys, all right. So we go to the dressing room. I'm sharing a locker room with my boy, who I, who I train with, uh, Kaz. He's on the he, – I'm fight 10. He was fight 11. And we have another girl, Heather Hardy, who was fight before me on the card. So when you're backstage, it's like the athletic commission's there. That's a whirlwind. Now it's fast. And it seems slow now. Guys come in, they're watching the fights. Fucking Aljo comes back there, takes a nap. It's like so much weird shit happens backstage. One dude's warming up. The athletic commission is like, when am I going to pee? Then he's like, you can't drink anything 
after you pee other than the water we give you. So I have alpha brain and coffee and it's like seven o'clock and he's like, you're probably going to fight about eight 30. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I want my alpha brain and my coffee like close. So I'm like, shit. So I got to guzzle my alpha brain. I drink my coffee. How many alpha brain do you take? I took one before this. I take two. I take, no, I don't like the pill. I get nothing out of the pill. You like Personally, the I, I get, I get nothing out of the pill. The instant I get good effect from. I like so the I had the instant too. in my water bottle. I took the one packet in the water bottle and my coffee, and that's like my best stack. Plus two uh, Actigen from my sponsor, New Life Science. It's uh, made with astragalus. It's like a root, and it gives you better endurance and better recovery in between rounds. So that's like my pre-workout stack of choice because okay. most of everything is mental. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, all that skill work fighting is very uh, mentally intense. Oh, sure. So the brain is great. So I, so I kill that. Pee, then I start warming up. Then a, a fucking guy on my team who I'm not really friends with, but he's my teammate. So like I told you, I back him because he's my teammate. Right. But he's busting my balls. I like that iron broom sweep. And I'm practicing it. I want to hit it. You know, I want to do some cool shit. And he's like, that shit ain't going to fucking work. But he would add like his attitude. I was like, I was like, you fat, <laughs> and my <laughs> and my, because uh, he's 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 a heavyweight, and uh, and my corner man Manny is like, yo, manimal, let it let it go, let it go. I was like, you're right. Take a deep breath. I was like, all right, let it go, let it go, motherfucker. I was like, let it go. All right, warm up, warm up. And steamrollers in the back. One of my other corner men. He's like, yo, right now you at like a five, a six. That's it. He's like, easy, easy, five, six. He's like, when, you're, when the bell rings, you're, you're a 10. He's like, right now, five, six. Like, when you come on the, the carpet, you're an eight. You know, and he paced me the right way. So when it comes close for you to come up, you're backstage and they're like, who's John Beneducci? Then you get real fucking nervous for like a second, like the most. That's the most nervous. And it's real. I, that's when you get, the, yeah, it's like you're up. You're like, oh, shit. And I'm like, boom, right here. He's like, you're up after this fight. And it was Heather's fight, girl who had trained with us for this fight. And I don't watch the fights. So they show the fight on a TV in the locker room so that you can watch the fights if you want. I don't ever watch the fights hmm. when I'm backstage because I don't want to think about anything other than what I'm going to do. I have a plan. I train. I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing. I don't look at the fights. I don't want to see. I don't want to be influenced by it at all. I'm where I need to be. There's no other influence I need of any other fight other than my fight. I'm ready to fight. So I don't like to watch the fights, but I got to watch this fight, have this fight, because I'm on after her. And, and, the, and the guy, is, and, and Bellator runs a, a very nice ship, tight ship. As soon as that fight ends, they start getting you ready. They run a tight ship. It's not like Call of Duty 7 advertisements for eight hours, like UFC. <laughs> UFC is like a fight, Call of Duty 38, live. And no, it's like uh, they do like five fights back, back, back. A break, five, five, five fights, five fights, five fights, right? So, so they're like, as soon as her fight's done, you got to go out. So and I'm like, all right. So me and the athletic commissioner now, we're watching this fight. I'm all wrapped up. I'm ready to go. And uh, and my fucking and this girl, my our girl is getting a fucking ass kick. 
So she gets mounted, and the athletic commissioner is like, wait, they're going to stop the fight soon. He's like, wait, watch. I was like, I don't – I was like, no. I, I'm thinking to myself, this girl should have fucking trained her jiu-jitsu more. I'm like, no way that fucking shit's happening to me, you know, because I don't want to be influenced, right? I'm like, fucking Heather. I'm like, all right. I was like, now I got to fucking break the curse of the garden. So, oh, I got to tell Ray this. I, I never brought it up. So I think that I am the first law MMA fighter to win at Madison Square Garden. The first what? Fighter from my gym. Oh, raw. Is that what you guys are law, call? Law, law. Law MMA. Uh, I think I'm the first fighter from my gym to win at the Garden. Because my boy Kaz won after me, but I was first. Got it. And the one before you lost. Got it. Makes sense. And the one before me lost. So I think I broke the curse. Sweet. And Steamroller, my boy, almost won at the Garden. He got a draw. Weidman lost twice. Aljo never fought there. Neither has Marab. So, You're the number so one, I'm like, man. fuck. So I'm back there, and I know it's the co- – I'm like, now I got to break the curse. <laughs> so, uh, so I got the hammer now. Now I got the – now I'm like, give me the fucking hammer. I want to honor the gods, you know. I'm the son of Odin. Thor's my brother. I'm like, I want to go out there. I want to fucking raise my hammer high and call out to Odin. You know, I, I was like, I want to – I fucking love that. I, I was like, I, I wanted, I'm looking to do something here. I was like, I wanna, you know, I want to honor the gods. No matter how the fight goes, I'm like, this is like symbolic fucking victory of Valhalla out there. Like I say, I follow the old ways. I talk all this shit about, you know, worshiping the god of battle. I'm like, and here we are. Here we fucking are. 20,000 people plus Madison Square Garden, you know, fucking years away from the sport. Finally, I'm here the way I want to do it. Fucking leopard print suit at the weigh-ins. Hammer to the gods at the walkout. And I'm at the cage. Oh, no, I'm backstage, and they're giving me shit about the hammer. So they're like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I was like, I, I want to come out with the hammer. So the guy's like, Benedici, uh, what's the status about this toy hammer? I was like, it's not a fucking toy hammer. And uh, I was like, well, it is, but you know what I mean. And, uh, and they're like, what do you mean toy hammer? And then I was like, tell them it's a religious symbol. <laughs> Benedici says it's a religious symbol. There's a pause. Like five, six seconds. That's smart. And the guy comes back. He's like, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> I was like, yes. So now I'm hype. Now I'm hype. I come on the ramp and I'm telling myself, take your time. Take your time. Take your time, right? Relax. I'm like, slow down. Wave to the crowd. Lift the hammer. And then I was like, slow down. It's a short ramp. And I was like, stop before you get to the cage. So I'm like, boom, raise your hammer. And once I did, I just screamed out Odin. I fucking dropped the hammer on the ground. I put the hammer down. And I took a second before I went in the cage. And I tell myself, Goldilocks. That just reminds me, not too hard, not too soft, just right. I get in the cage, I get down on one knee, I pray to the gods, I ask them, I ask Odin to throw his spear over my opponent so I could claim him in battle. Uh, And then I thought to myself, I got up, and then I stood up after I prayed, and I said, everything you got, whatever it takes. 
And then I motioned for him if he wants to touch gloves. He motioned back that he wants – because you, you see the guy, Chris, so you got some time in there. And I'm, you, you raise your hand like you want to make sure, like, you have a gentleman's agreement to touch right. gloves first. Right. So he raised his hands, boom, came out, touched gloves. At that point, the way you perceive reality then becomes a whirlwind of different sensory perceptions and time domains. A second can feel like a minute. A minute can feel like a second. Mm-hmm. You hear things outside the crowd, inside the crowd, your corner. I heard my guys. I heard Manny this time pretty good, one of my cornermen good. I heard two of my guys pretty well. I always hear my wife because I'm used to hearing her voice. Right. I'm used to her yelling at me. So, and she's spot on with advice. So, She's, she's your good. coach, huh? Huh? She's your coach. If, if it wasn't a weird dynamic, like fight-wise, she would be great in the corner. If, she wa- if I wasn't her husband, she'd be good in the corner. Because even though she don't train, she's seen it for, for like, what have we been married, 11 years? So she's watched it for 11 years, and she's a teacher. She's also good at learning. Like, she could break – she could tell you how to win the fight. She's right. You know, she's like – she's a good pick She's She'd be like a good odds maker. That's great. She'd be like a great MMA odds maker. She knows how to, she knows how to fight. She looks. She's, you know, she's seen it enough. She's God. She's watched so much fucking grappling. Hmm. Feel bad for her. It's boring grappling. God bless the other half. I'm telling you, I feel the same way you do, man. What? I I just think my wife does the same shit with me, and the, I mean I'm not a fighter, granted, but like she brings me back. She sees things that I don't see, and like I'm a coach to a lot of people and a mentor to a lot of people. I like to think she's the one that keeps me level headed and grounded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean I said I don't find balance inside myself find it more outside myself yeah oh so uh i had been visualizing that win at the garden i mean intensely every day right and uh and the first thing so you know i come out everything's going the right way i found myself in a little trouble a few times instincts took over uh i told myself to stay relaxed because i learned from my last fight once I lost my composure, the end of the story. And in nature, that's how you know an animal's done. Once he loses his cool. Definitely. I told myself, never lose your cool here. Composed. And, uh, and that just took me through. For very composed, methodical. And you kept him on the ground the whole time. Like, you were just fucking I mean, you know what's funny? You say, I'm going to tell you something. I was watching the fight. And... Uh, I watched it again the other day because we always start standing. And my stand-up, actually, I know we didn't do a lot of stand-up, but that's because I was cutting him off the right way to do what I needed to do. But I was doing a couple good things on the feet. I was like, oh, I was like, you know, and Ray Longo was like, no, you look comfortable stand-up because I wasn't, I didn't have to stand up that much because I wasn't trying to rush going to the ground. It might look like it. But I was standing up looking for the opening, and it just so happens that the openings were there for me. Uh, I, I just saw the openings. You know, when you're in the zone, the openings were there. Like, I seen when he threw the kick, I picked that up. I seen the other shot, I threw the right hand. I, I weaved 
I weave one of his left hands through the right hand and back them up. I double jab Iron Broom and I back them up to the cage. You know what I'm saying? I saw the openings in that fight. Thank the gods. Everything went uh, perfect. Yeah. So, so I remember, and then I remember thinking to myself, what I visualized the most was getting down on one knee after they announced me as the winner and just being grateful. And I made sure, like you see, I, I love that picture where I'm down on one knee and the ref has one hand and I go down on the one knee and I just, I was so grateful that everything worked out that way. But I thought I was going to get to say something because it was my wife's birthday oh. and my Abbott had died. So I'm in the fight and I'm fucking here and my dead homie coaching me. So Gabbert, my boy that died, uh-huh. I'm in the fight and I'm in the guy's guard. Uh, you know, here's the problem with memory. It comes to you pieces. Yeah. There's so much, there was so much sensory input in that short time. It's like having a hallucinogenic trip. You know, like you do a DMT trip and you're like, wow, I need to process that. Yeah. I'm still processing the garden. Shit. Afterwards, what about afterwards in the crowd? All different people want to take pictures, uh, interview with Inked Magazine, had an interview with Newsday after. Like, it's a whirlwind in my head still because there was so much that happened in that short span. I bet. And all the texts. I remember you were saying you exchange energy with all those people in the crowd and everything. I left my fuck. I left a piece of my soul at the garden. Thank God. Thank fuck. So thankful. I'm really so fucking thankful and grateful. And I think about other parts of my life where I had so many good things going for me. And I just was so unappreciative of those things. And I mean, listen, of course, it's easy to be grateful with such a big achievement that I had. But I'm, uh, you know, always trying to think what the universe has planned next. So, but I'm starting to want to start getting back in shape just in case. Yeah, I I heard, you know, when I was listening to that last podcast you guys did, MMA and Beyond, which is hilarious, dude. I fucking, I I love the New York accents, the way you guys are just fucking busting each other's balls and you guys say that term it's my favorite term busting each other's balls so I think all day you know, it is, it's the funniest thank you, i appreciate it with we're, we're like what do you say 40 percent mma uh i mean you guys do talk a lot of mma and i'm not yeah. i mean i'm not super fluid with mma but uh but yeah it's a good amount of mma on there i think yeah, I mean, we try, we, we do a good amount of MMA, but I try to do a good amount of other. I bring yeah, the beat. Sure. Although I reminded them, I actually bring the MMA also because I'm the only fighter there. But whatever. Fucking Ray. Ray's totally. so good. You know what? There, there wasn't an, op- an option for Ray to fight back in the day. He was I'll, already 41. Now he's 61. And he's but even coach. when he first started, even when the UFC first came around, he was 40. Yeah. Ray, so you're talking about the first UFC. Ray's already my age now. Yeah, yeah, no chance. But, yeah, I heard him ask you. I heard one of, the, one of them ask you when you were going to start a fight or train for the next fight, and you said, just in case, I'll, I'll stay in shape. So, I mean, when, when do you foresee that or when do you astral project that shit happening? Uh, I'm giving uh, – I want to uh, – like I said, I'm dancing with the universe. Let it lead me where it wants me to go. Yeah. When, when uh, do you turn 40? Next year. No. There's no... Who fucking cares? It's true. I told you, you, uh, you said that... I, I sent you the Tower Ragnar that I wrote. 
Yes. The Viking philosophy for the modern world. Yes. The Viking hero, Ragnar, invades England at 76 and then winds up dying there. But think about that. Our ancestors fought old, and I'm an old school kind of guy. Right. I'm not putting limits on myself. I love it. I, I have. I personally think, personally, what would I like if I could have it my way? Two more epic victories. Preferably the Barclays and Japan. That would be it. That would be I could write the story myself. That would be how I write it. I like it. Okay, that's great. Dude, that's fucking amazing. I love that right there. Or do I do Japan then the Barclays? I don't know. However the universe writes it, man. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm I'm open to it. It is exciting, you know. Like now, I'm I feel ready again to 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 get that back. You know, I'm a seasonal person. Like, you know, think about like a bear or a wolf, right? There's lean times, times of abundance. So the garden was like that time of abundance, and I reaped and consolidated all the gains from that. Had a sold out animal training camp, right? Has to be in part to to that effort I put in. And I really think I can make that something bigger. I mean, I think I'm doing something really meaningful there. I'm getting people, and it's important. I take people in nature. It's important to get in touch with nature, get in touch with themselves, focus on themselves. I love that. Human animal. Is it just is it just fighters, or can someone like me attend those types of things? It's all regulars. Now the fighters don't have no fucking money. It's like forty and up. I'd say half of them are fucking forty and up lawyers. It's like interesting. You know, it's a, it's it's really meant for either making like a comeback, or if you like just started working out again, taking it to the next level. If you take a look at like some of our videos, I got we have older guys that come, guys in their sixties that make it. Some of our best guys are in their forties and fifties. I'd say the young component is more like um, my interns and assistant coaches. Would be more like the fighters. Like, let's say Steamroller's up there. He's assistant coaching. He's working out, too. He's doing the camp, of course. Everyone yeah. does that. I work out, too, when I can. Yeah. As long as I can jump in, I fucking – if I can jump in and one of my assistant coaches, I'm like, yo, keep an eye on this. I'll jump in and hit a couple things. Yeah, it's it's fun to, to do it. Now, are your interns guys that work at your gym, or how does that work? Uh, they're kids I've been training for a long time. Those two are probably going to – I have one who's going to fight soon. Him I've been training since he's like 16 years old. Now he's 26. So – Cool. He's cool. – uh, if I could have made my body the way I wanted to in this life, it would have been his. He's like six foot three, 225, can make 205 easy, 185 if we fucking crush his soul to make it. Jacked. Fuck. good skills he's just started out fighting you know he has good good stand-up skills he has a karate background nice good good choices on the ground he makes good ground decisions because i try mma philosophy like i like i love jujitsu and i i like where sport jujitsu is going it's interesting because it opens up a lot of artistry but the old school jujitsu for mma is a little different yeah, I got so, a I got a MMA kid. He wants to turn pro. He just 
he just contacted me like two weeks ago. He wants to start teaching steel mace at my classes. And I oh, he teaches steel mace. I'm sorry. He teaches mace. He does teach the steel mace. Yeah, and I I want like fucking good young kids on my team that I can start building. You know my yeah. time. You know, because it takes time to get a guy to to have your vibe. Totally. That's where I tell you what, the one fucking error. I made in hiring ever it was I hired an outside guy even though I had known him for a long time and trained him for a little bit he wasn't my guy which made him like another person's method that differed from my own mm. when there's nothing wrong with anyone else's method right I love everyone else's method but when you come to manimal training camp you do manimal training camp and it wasn't I was at my other gym right. but I'm saying you come to manimal training camp you fucking are at Manimal Training Camp. You drink my tea when you're there. When I come to, when I go to Onnit and do Steel Mace, you know what I do? Steel Mace. I don't do Manimal there. I myself, of course, wherever I go. Right. But I'm not telling any, unless, you know, maybe if we went out to dinner afterwards, I can talk about my philosophy. Sure. But when we're doing the Mace, I'm listening. I'm asking questions. I'm drinking their tea. Definitely. I'm there drinking your tea. So. Definitely. So you have to make sure that yeah, if someone's your employee, essentially, you want them to serve you a tea. Right, right. At your restaurant, you don't go to Starbucks, and at Starbucks, someone's like, yo, I, brew, I got this coffee in. This isn't Starbucks coffee. This is my coffee. Yeah. It doesn't, right? Right. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's what, it's true. I, I don't even like having employees, even at my thing, my, uh, my assistant coaches or like interns. You know, and they do my, my method, I mean, and then we only do it for the camp. I don't like personally to be the manager of anyone long-term. Like, I, I don't want to manage guys day-to-day. -day. It drains my soul. That's what wore me out at Bayside. I don't want to think about, yeah, that's what you're saying. You know, are you picking up, you know, do I have to tell you 10 times to make sure your class is cleaned up afterwards? Don't, don't, don't drain my fucking soul here. Like, I don't want to do that. I have enough stress with my bills. You know, my rent's 12 grand a month. My fucking electric bill in the summer was 4G. Don't fucking bust my balls. Clean up the fucking equipment. I don't want to take energy. And you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. But I mean, personally, I don't want to manage guys anymore. Like for yeah, you said that last time. I remember that. Yeah. If anything, I do. I like when I have like an independent contractor, uh, someone that you like one off some stuff with, uh, an affiliate. I like things like that. Cool. Cool. That, well, that's like how I like to operate best. So, like, if you came in as a coach, right, you're an independent contractor coming in doing two sessions in animal training camp. Dude, right. I, I love that. I, so, if there's a way, there's a way we can collaborate in the future, man, let me know. Have you get? And always have to give you work. You got to find work for these guys, or else they get soft when there's time to actually do work. So you always have to keep them a little busy. Which yeah. sometimes fitness is tough. Yeah, it is. It is. No, totally. Like I want to have, I want to have like kids that come under me that like want to learn the ins and outs. I can provide them that value, but I want them to be like, "Yo, go out and sell fucking clients. Go out and do your shit." What's your what brand name for your steel mace? Uh, it's Steel Mace One Hundred One. Do you have that trademarked? Uh, I don't have it trademarked. I have. You should go to USPTO.gov and see if that's going to be what you roll with. Because your thing's easily brandable. Like, look at all the mace guys that do it. 
Viking Ninja, uh, Flow, Leo Savage. Yeah, like if you're Steel Maze 101, that's a good place to be. Yeah. Because they feel like, where do I start? Steel Maze 101. Right. And I have, I don't have it like all done yet, but I have Steel Maze 200 and Steel Maze 300 underneath that. And it just builds upon each other. You got an easy model. My model's a little more complex. I'm trying to figure out, like I told you, how to, uh, yeah. how to get a, I also don't want to put too much on my plate. Right, right. That's my 20%. Then my 10%. What do you think? Should I roll out with the book? Edit it up? I think it looks good, man. I'm reading through it, and I'm really fascinated that it's so much about death. The Vikings are love the the yeah. Well, when I go through Viking uh, literature, they they do think about their death a lot because they have a very intricate metaphysical system built up mm. in death. Forget about. I know we touch on the mythology, the mythological aspect of like going to Valhalla. But the actual mystical system of the Vikings has nine parts of your soul, all different types of journeys that you go on. If you think about the tree of Drassel, which is a metaphor for the multiverse, all different places you could wind up along that tree after you're uh, on the way down to wherever you wind up as an entity. Dude, I fucking get goosebumps thinking about this shit because there's so many ways that you could kind of relate it to just real world shit or real life and your journey as an individual. Yeah, I mean, take a look through it. Let me know what you think. Definitely. I mean, it's pretty... Really, if I just stop fucking around, I could probably get ready to go in no time. You should. It, you know, it's and then simple. I can look at that as my first book. Definitely. It's a, simple, it's a simple process. I love the whole, like, nine by nine by nine thing. And, and the story. So I fasted for three full days, no food, no water. Then I did nine No water? Nah, then you can really hallucinate. Three days, no water. That's the most I I could do. Yeah. Wow. After that, you're already hallucinating. So. I bet. Not and really. Then, and then after that, you wrote the nine pages, or nine, nine pages a day. Nine, nine pages a night for nine nights. Fuck. Yeah, I thought it was a cool process for the eighty-one. Yeah. And the same way the Tao Te Ching is made, I mean the Tao of Ragnar. So I that think the philosophy is awesome. applicable. Like I said, Stoic philosophy is really big, but they're really big on like not having emotions. And I'm like, I don't know. The per if I have an emotion, it's kind of cool. I want emotions. I like emotions. I like oh. love. I like. I even like fucking getting riled up sometimes and getting angry. And I agree. You know, I agree. I, mean, dude, I, I like emotions. I mean, what's wrong with emotions? Happy. Listen to Paul check. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Well, listen, listen to uh, How to Develop Emotionally. He's got this series on his podcast called Living 4D. And, dude, it's like two and a half hours of him just kind of talking about how to develop your emotions. And he calls it energy in motion, emotion. And, like, when we get frequency and vibration off of our environment, like, we internalize it. And then that gets us jacked up. And then we put that out back into the environment through our emotion and that sends out genetic vibration or genetic expression out which morphs reality but yeah man there's something to it it's just it's energy going it's perfect sense yeah yeah totally. not, why do you feel an emotion there's an energetic exchange exactly everything that you feel is an energetic exchange yes you feel an emotion something's happening there right you feel attraction attraction that's already an energetic term huge what, what gets attracted magnets 
magnetic energy, right? It gets right. attracted. Right. So we're already repulsed. Oh, he repulses me. Well, it's a magnetic term. Exactly. Vibration. I don't like his vibe. I don't like their vibe. You know, that, that vibration. That's energy as a vibration, a frequency, and an intensity. Exactly. Listen to his series because they're, they're really fucking good. And somebody like you would totally get a ton from it. A ton. Did you set up a little studio there, Danny? I see you got sound tiles on the wall. Yeah, dude, I do. I got uh, I got some stuff here. I got my vision board over there, right? Uh, see, and I, then take a look at this photo right here. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? Yes. What do you think about that? Is that like three meditating? Yeah, three meditating beings. fucking beings in the ether, bro. Yeah. See, like, the the sphere around them? That's like all the time you're like what does it look like yes that's it it's a lot of that and it looks like you know what it looks like sometimes if i get really in tune it's that like one laid a sheet of graph paper over the earth graph paper over the earth like i see light lines like it's graph paper hmm. over everything interesting like the like energetic lines connecting everything like a spider web almost yeah yeah I, I know what you're talking about. But it, it'll look like graph paper if I'm really in tune. But I also don't always try to go around like that because it's very energetically taxing. It is. To do that. Like, think about any instrument that observes energy takes energy to use it. If you want to use microwave energy, you got to plug your microwave in and use electrical energy to power the thing that makes microwave energy. So if I want to observe other energy, well, now I'm going to have to draw power from somewhere in me. Yeah. And not as easy as maybe calories. So think about it. if I want to go work out, I got a lot of calories in this body to do that with. However, if I want to go, let's say, heal someone, I mean to make sure I have enough energy to do all that work. That's what I really like actually about Alexis. She's very conscious without doing any energy work about her energy expenditure. Totally. She is, man. She's she's, she's very conscious about like how much to do. She She's very conscious about energy expenditure. She's, a, she's an interesting Like, make sure, okay, I have to do this so I have energy first so that I can actually expend some energy. And most people don't do that. They want to expend, 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 and then be like, why do I feel like shit? Well, have you, what would you do to take in energy? Right. What, when was the last time you put gas in the tank? I always talk about prioritization of energy. And that's what it comes down to when it comes to healing, you know, or when someone has to make those realizations, it's like, where does my energy go for or go towards and how can I cut it off and bring it back center, you know, to get a grip, to get a grip, to really feel like, Oh, okay. I can understand this or that, you know, in layman's terms anyway, yeah, but dude, energy get out of control and then you wind up leaking energy in all directions. Yeah. No, and that's not. That's want not to, I want to be right. Almost think about. Usually, I want to keep. I like my solar plexus chakra, energetically for physical power. Could mm. use that to like shoot out. I try to think about that, like bringing it right in here, bring it right in. That's it. It's true. Keep it here a second, because it's gonna start going out, and then once you get out of control, you're gonna leak a lot of energy. I mean, it's like you just shot a hole in the bottom of a glass boat. Definitely, man. That's like, do you leave your car running in the middle of the night? Huh? You leave your car running in the middle. Yeah, of the night? right. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't. You shut it off when it's time to shut it off, or else you're gonna fucking go 
go empty. It's the same thing with the, with the body, mind, and soul together. You know, you got to shut yeah, it off or at least, like, just kind of take it from wherever it is that you put it out all day, like, towards Steel Mace 101 and all the online shit and the clients and coaching and developing podcasts and, and, and other things that I have. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, bring it back. And then sometimes I don't do a good job of doing that, but at least to be aware of it is the biggest thing, you know? I can see that. Hard to bring it back in sometimes. Yeah. Because you put so much energy out there. And people people don't know how to do that, too. Like, when I work with clients or when I work with kids, too, it's like they have all this existential worry on shit that doesn't really mean so much at the end of the day, but they're taught it means so much, like, i.e. schools and like test scores and college and report cards and all this other shit that they get so anxious about life and their reality when in turn, we just got to bring it back and learn to understand like what gets us on fire. What, what do we love? What, what kind of interactions do we want? You know, what do we want to feel that type of shit, you know, just bring it back. I, I think that's good advice for anyone. I, I mean, I love that. Bring it, bring it back. Yeah. And then observe well, what's actually going on right here instead of, projecting everywhere else and getting away from yourself yeah definitely Take like care. that's how that's Take how we could align those, that's how we could align those centers back up you know once we do that i feel like we have a better opportunity to project what we actually want inside you know funny? i've been doing um there's a tradition of like western mysticism that does all the work with chakra alignment and energy stuff and i've been doing that for like two decades and it was really fringe and now it seems to be becoming uh, a lot more mainstream. Like I couldn't even imagine being able to talk about this on a radio show. No way. 20 years ago when I first started doing this. But I'm two decades in the game or more. More on the, I've been doing the spiritual end longer than the fighting end, really. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, amazing. Uh, so, but it's, so, a, you're all, it's also risky because, because it isn't so mainstream. People look at you like you're fucking crazy. And, like, I get the same thing. That's why, I, that's why it's so important to me to make sure I show you that I don't fuck up the physical. I make sure I take care of the avatar, too. Definitely. So sometimes a lot of problems in, in the space that I run in with uh, the metaphysical. Mm. A lot of them, uh, there's a lot of people that are like patchouli, incense, burning, you know, airy-fairy type of characters. Yeah, there's a lot of that. If you want to be like, is this guy full of shit? Well, first of all, you can see I actually work in the world too. Successful coach, uh, multiple, uh, owned all different types of businesses, a professional fighter at the highest level. Right. 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 Beast. Uh, in, huh? Beast. You're yeah. Like, okay, well, if I'm going to talk to you about astral projection, what makes that any less valid than the other stuff that I've shown you? Right. That I can accomplish. Right. Whereas if that's all you do, and the problem is with that also, it takes some time for it to work. And if it doesn't work right away, people get discouraged. Right. People they think it's like a Huh? People think it's fake. Yeah. Uh, which which can easily there are a lot of phonies out there there are tons because it's hard to validate for sure well that's what dude that's why i like the steel mace so much because of the offset weight when you go through functional movement patterns like you're forced to stabilize those weak sides and it strengthens up the muscles around your spine which in turn once all that is 
tied in with the balance of all the internal shit, the more you become, you know, balanced, the more you become pure, I think, like pure thought patterns, pure energy coming through you, you the universe working through you as a tuned vessel. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like working on conventional so much, especially the maze, for sure. Uh, I think I think any type of movement pattern that gets you connected to your own movement pattern definitely, definitely. is very powerful. So some people find it through the mace. Some guys love Olympic weightlifting. Definitely. Fighting. I mean, if you think about, you know, I always take it. I think Musashi says it. My multi Musashi says it the best. And I think he's right. When you know the way in fighting, you will see the way of all things broadly. Because everything at its essence is very closely related to to fighting. I mean, if you think about it, it's the first thing that happened when you got shot out of your father's nutsack. Those sperms fought to get to that egg. The first thing that happened when you, even before you became into existence, was fights, struggle, yeah, competition, true. energy. Yeah, so, it's interesting. So, <laughs> so fighting, if you understand it, is applicable everywhere in life. And that's why everyone studies like the art of war for business. And fighting has a much shorter reaction time span, the shortest. The shortest reaction time span to fucking catastrophe of any endeavor, pretty much. So if you can be good at that, everything else is slow as shit. Hmm. Life is slow motion after, yeah. after being in the shit. That's true. That's why guys that go to war have a hard time adapting here. It's like, is something going to happen? Like, is, you know, is anything going to happen? Like, wow. That's, that's really interesting to fucking think about. That's an interesting perspective. Hey, dude, we, this was a great conversation. I know. I we've been going forever. I got to fucking live, too. All right. Yeah. It's time. I get to shit with you all day. Okay. One thing before I go, yes. figure out how we could do uh, a three-way maybe with Alexis one day. Done deal. Easy. All right. Easy. Oh, okay. Great. She can just join uh, in on that. definitely coming to the next camp. I'll let you know if we go someplace exotic. Dude, yes. What do you like better, staying in the U.S. and going to like a Miami or going to Costa Rica? Man, I'm open to whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm interested in letting the universe well, take control, bro. <laughs> Let me ask the gods where they want to go then. To ask them, and I'm there. I'm there for you. Just tell, let me know when. And I'm, I would love to make that connection, bro. Well, it'll be easier to get the steel maces, though, if we were in America. Totally, totally. And if we want to make a connection with my guys in Miami, like, I can drive them down there. We'll figure out a way to make it work. It'd be interesting. All right, you're the man, bro. Danny, you're the talk? man. Thank you so much for your time, bro. I'll see you right. soon, all right? Later. Good. Bye. And that was the podcast, everybody. What an intense episode of information all over the place. That's what you get when we talk to uh, the Manimal. He's the best. Just an awesome guy. Tons of character. Tons of enthusiasm and passion for what he's doing. And it's contagious. That's why I really, really like talking to him. And I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure to check out uh, the Manimal on Instagram at John the Manimal Beneducci. And uh, please take a listen to his podcast, MMA and Beyond, on all platforms where you can get podcasts. 
he's just hilarious and he's got uh, an awesome drive about him so that being said everybody i hope you enjoy the show um let's connect on instagram my instagram is at danny cola fitness and thank you to everybody who came to the steel maze 101 workshop uh, at on your mark this last weekend it was amazing so i really appreciate that on to the next 90 minute no this one's going to be a three hour workshop steel mace 101 and body weight 101 with howard bowens uh well vibes organic is going to be there in uh, park ridge illinois studio fitness on november 23rd 2019 november 23rd 2019 at 12 p.m it's going to be a three hour thing Let's connect on Instagram and learn more about it, everybody. Have a great day. Peace and love.